Am I really that obsolete as a man if I don't provide something to this world or provide for, you know, a family or, you know, build a Fortune 500 company? I want men to be able to rally behind each other and say, hey man, you're enough. You are enough. You're valued whether you can provide for a family or not. Welcome to the initiative where we talk about how kings can grow together and take the conversation to the next level. My name is Gabe. And I'm Skylar. This is the King's Initiative. Hey, what up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Not much, man. We back. Yeah, back for another episode. Yes, sir. This one, I feel this one's a little bit more special than the other ones. Yeah? You think so? Yeah, just because we out here doing this in the same room. Yeah, that's that's an accomplishment within itself. Yeah, we got to finally link up. We don't live in the same city, but, you know, we still out here doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that... Now, now you can get a little bit of a video, so you, yeah. you're going to get a visual with this one too. So yeah, this one will be pretty, pretty neat. Most definitely, um, most definitely. Yeah, and it's an important topic too. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we released that that bonus episode, um, right, right? A little short for you guys, uh, just to give you a quick preview on what it's going to be about. Um, do you have anything to say about that or about the short itself? Oh no, I just. You know, like he said, I just want we just wanted to get a little preview, a little bonus, since you know you hadn't heard from us in a little bit, um, and kind of uh, prepare you for the episode that's coming, because you know this is a topic that can get a little heavy at times. So I uh, definitely wanted to give you just an insight on um, what was to come. There you go. There you go. Well, already then. Um, so. Just to just to go over it real quick, um, today we are going to be talking about addictions. We're going to be talking about uh, depression and anxiety, and a lot of those factors that play into it. Um, one of them, uh, the biggest one's pride within, you know, a man or a king. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of mentioned it in our in our short too as well that that women can carry pride as well. So we're not excluding yeah. women on this as well. Um, we're we're inviting them into our conversation and we're really bringing the conversation to you guys now. Always, always. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, just to get it started, man. Um, we'll, we'll start off easy. How did, what, what, what does pride look like? Cause there's two ways of looking at pride. There's the negative connotation on pride. And then there's like having pride, like pride for your country or pride for, um, your culture. You know, you're just, you're proud of, Um, who you are and where you came from but then there's the pride that um, has a negative impact and um, can really deteriorate your character because you let pride get in the way of things that um, maybe are not even that big of a deal Um, but you know you let your machismo take over or something um, that we would maybe call pride uh, take over and you make maybe a big deal out of something that's kind of small. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess I would say something about pride is that it keeps us from having these types of conversations. Right. Yeah. Um, so I feel that like 
since pride is so prominent, especially in like Hispanic culture or anything like that, mm. um, that we don't want to ask for help. So oh, that's yeah. the first thing that I think when I when I hear the word pride. Yeah. Um, now when I have pride in something, oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna see you know me rooting for my team, you know, <laughs> or you know right. so, something yeah. easy. Right. Um, but. When it, when it comes to conversations and talking about like real issues in the world, men have a hard time opening up. Right. And that that's in part because, like you said, having pride, but it's viewed as weak, almost having um, an issue that has to do with the realm of this, these uh, topics like addiction, anxiety, depression. Um, if you open yourself up and you're vulnerable to these conversations, you're in some retrospect, you're viewed as weak. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and that, and that hurts a man, uh, to other men as well. Yeah. Because if, if I'm being around somebody that's portrayed as weak, sometimes it's like, Oh, why, why am I hanging out with this guy? Right. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's detrimental within itself. Right. Um, because now we pass judgment on other men, when essentially the word I would like to use is encouragement. Right. Yeah. You know, building each other up. And you get your chances for like competition, mm-hmm. obviously. We're, yeah. we're all, there's a male species and it's just only the strong will survive kind of type thing. Right. Um, but at the same time, um, there's a time and place for everything. And encouragement should be one of the maybe top three characteristics in a man that they should have. Right. And not even for, uh, you know, another man. It could be for your family or your, your little ones, the kids that are running around in your, in your, in your family, you know? Right. So I, w- I would say, I would say something along that lines. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. will put, because a lot of times, um, like I mentioned, men feel like they are alone in the situation feel like, you know, I'm out here, um, doing this and it's just me nobody really cares but in reality if men just rallied around each other and you know had each other's backs and you know reached out and said you know you don't got to go through this alone um, because a lot of times men will put up this facade of uh, I'm you know machismo and I don't need nobody um, a front of what we call anger uh, to protect themselves but um, you know in reality um they're lonely or they're sad if you cut through that that emotion or that emotion of anger um you know there's really another raw emotion that they're feeling and if you know we can rally behind each other and support one another maybe there would be less of this and the conversation would go a lot more smoother where there wouldn't be a lot of pride that set in um you know so and that's that's why we're here we're trying to have these conversations to kind of help yeah, yeah. I was just about to like make that segue. You think it's like a defense mechanism? <laughs> what is? A uh, pride. Oh, um, for, yes. Cuz cuz out of they they build it out of anger or right. um yes. they feel sad in a moment um to where they they mask it. Yeah. Or in yeah. in my eyes, um what I've done is I re- I resorted to comedy. Ah, uh, um, okay. You know, yeah. kind of class clownish when I've been right embarrassed in a moment or been talked down upon um that pride sits in yeah and i i shun everybody away but then i make a funny on top of it to to try to mask my own insecurity possibly right you know what i mean yeah and that's the way you dealt with your 
or that's that was your defense mechanism is oh yeah well 100 percent, 100 percent. that's that's something that and that that's coming from my childhood right. I, can, I can remember being the, the funny guy or everybody laughing and <laughs> right you know what i mean yeah yeah no for sure yeah i always remember yeah if sky was around we we're having a good time we we're laughing <laughs> um but i would call that you know you you were just rolling with the punches and hoping that it didn't hurt you too bad um and kind of just like i don't know feeling the the moment and being like all right maybe if i make fun of myself too they'll just ignore it and kind of move on Is yeah kind of yeah yeah for sure for okay. sure um and even then like it, it can press me into um a certain type of like addictions almost oh, or okay. like like a vice like an escape right okay you know what i mean do, do, you, do you ever have anything like that like if somebody's you know talked down upon you or something like that and then your pride set in did you ever go to something to make you feel better in that moment but yeah for sure i found a great vice for me was you know having alone time and uh maybe having some sort of exercise i never had an addiction that i went to um until i was maybe in college where uh, my gambling kind of got a little bit out of control and i was uh you know i got that rush of winning my first big win and i was like mm -hmm man, I want to do this again. And it was kind of an escape for me. Um, even if I really wasn't winning, I was still out there tr chasing that high that I felt. Um, cause I said, like, like I said, I never really got into, um, alcohol or any really drugs that I found an escape in mm -hmm. and which is very common in which people find, uh, their escape in. And so, um, never that, but I got to a point where gambling was kind of that for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'm glad that you say something like that because everybody has their own thing that they go to. Right. Um, yeah. And I mean, not to say I put minuscule on yours, but like yeah. gambling wasn't my addiction. Right. Right. Um, I never, I never found like a, like a high uh, mm -hmm. out of that. Right. Um, but I did drink a lot, mm. you know, uh, there yeah. was a, there was a time even like during COVID, um, like almost feeling disgusted with myself um, mm -hmm. because of how much the drinking was taking over. Yeah. Um, it wasn't fun anymore. Uh, um, yeah. I, I was drinking out of, out of like a hurt, a pain. Wow. Um, yeah. And it wasn't social to me anymore. Yeah. Um, and I know that a lot of the times, especially, you know, men, um, they, they mask it. Yeah. They, yeah, they, for they, sure. They try to make it, f make them feel or better, yeah, make them feel better for one, uh, or try to forget or suppress a feeling. Mm. Um, and that's, that's what, that's what I was trying to do during that time. Um, I would say how I dealt with that, um, was I had to change my scene. Uh, okay. I, I, I really had to reevaluate what was happening in my life. And at that point, you know, it was really picking up and moving back home or right, going right. back to square run right um that building block yeah and almost like humbling myself in a way um and i and i had to really evaluate what i wanted in life um because i know if i kept on going down this route it was just gonna turn up ugly mm. you know yeah and that's because yeah. you know i've been actually really fortunate uh in my in my latter years after the age of 18 you know go to college, get a degree, get a job, mm. job didn't pan out like I wanted it yeah. to. And yeah. then now I'm at this middle 
the quarter life crisis, I guess you would say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're stuck and you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what do you do? You resort back to something that made you happy. And the last time I could remember being happy was in college when I was around the fraternity brothers. Right. Yeah. And drinking, having a good time, yeah. hanging out. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's how I remembered coping with it. Right. So okay. I knew that I had to, I had to get myself out of the situation. Mm. I had to stop it. Yeah. And another thing that I, I did was, you know, I started, you know, journaling, you know, yeah. writing down thoughts, seeing it on paper. Yeah. Um, writing down goals was like right, the, yeah. one of the first things that, yeah. that I ended up doing. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. And that, I mean, that speaks a lot, um, to your character. Um, I talked about a little bit about that off air, but I wanted to say, you know, it's, it's crazy that, um, at this age that alcohol could be something that we would call an addiction because we think of alcohol, you know, being an, an addiction to someone who's older, maybe like our parents age where yeah. alcohol is out of control, but r- r- because we are still in that kind of post, uh, college, uh, days where that was kind of normal where mm-hmm. you binge drink for a week and, it wasn't seen as an addiction. It was just seen that we're having a good time being kids kind of yeah. hanging out and, um, can't do that no more. It no, hurts, it hurts yeah. too much. <laughs> yeah. For, oh, for sure. It hurts. I mean, hangovers are not fun. And so just to, for you to recognize that, that that was, um, a problem and that you took a uh, reactive action to, um, make change. And, um, you took the initiative to, uh, write stuff down not to use a pun here i see but to, i see you, <laughs> i see <laughs> to journal you know and to to really change um i i want to speak to the, the gambling part because you know so i i got introduced to it pretty early on um maybe 18 19 and uh, that's whenever i really had the, the problem that i did um and i quickly learned that this was not going to be something that i could continue on for long term because mm-hmm. it was going to really affect me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, quickly I, tr- I, uh, I had to, uh, kind of, uh, change my habits, um, change what I was looking at now that I'm older, um, have a little bit more money and I'm able to, um, be a little bit more, uh, riskier, have that leisure to do that stuff. Yeah. I, I occasionally, um, especially sports, you know, sports betting is kind of where I found, um, I guess my vice and I, I love watching sports. So adding a little bit of, um, of flavor to watching sports. Yeah. Um, but it, t- it took me, it took me a while. It was, it was definitely a journey to get to that point where I was like, you gotta have self-control. Um, and being an 18, 19, 20 year old kid, um, it was very hard to have self-control Yeah. just because you, we were kind of thrown out there and, Oh, fresh out the the mom's house. Yeah, let's yeah. do whatever and anything that we find pleasure in. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about uh, euphoria, kind of on how what I was I was asking you what what is euphoria about, and you kind of explained it to me. How, how did you explain it? Yeah. Um. So I've I've watched a couple episodes. Um. And for somebody that hasn't seen Euphoria, yeah, no spoilers here. We just yeah, yeah. No <laughs> no spoilers. Um. It's on HBO. It's with Zendaya. Love Zendaya. She's. <laughs> yes. uh, Yes. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, from what I got out of it um, for the first couple episodes, they were um, teens really struggling with 
addiction. Yeah. Like hardcore addiction. Yeah. Um, something that I didn't know that teens were struggling with, mm-hmm. um, especially yeah. in these days. Um, so it was, it, that's, that's how I would describe it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. teens that are going through high school. Right. Yeah. And their peers are either peer pressuring them to do something that's yeah. pleasurable in that yeah. time or they get hooked on something and then they really can't stop doing what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. And you know, when you said you, you described the show to me, cause I haven't seen it yet. Um, I was like, wow, that, you know, that makes a lot of sense to our college days that we didn't really see like, how, um, influential, uh, peer pressure might have been and how we were just out here kind of oh, yeah. living life and we didn't really think about it we most of the time we thought we were invincible um to the <laughs> world and so it made sense i'm like wow now now that i think about it like yeah you don't really think of those things when you're kind of going through it but when you're kind of out of it and kind of mature a little bit and you look back you're like wow these I really did that. Like, <laughs> yeah. How is, how is that something that I thought was smart at the time? But, yeah. um, yeah, it made a lot of sense and how addictions can really start and go past that, you know, those college days or high school days. Yeah. Um, because it's, it has some, it has to start somewhere. And, yeah. um, I feel like maybe peer pressure is one, one of the bigger ones that you're like, Hey, just do it one time. Like, come on, don't, yeah don't you know don't be a a party pooper or whatever and you do it and then you're like okay i'll do it again i'll do it again and then Mm -hmm. you're like it just becomes part of your day and then at some point you know it can get out of control and you're doing it um when you are down and you're using it as an escape so Mm -hmm. yeah made made a lot of sense to me I, i ask myself this question a lot lately um and it's who am i behind closed doors Mm. you know what i mean yeah yeah, and and I said this uh, before. And I'm like, yeah. God blesses who you are and not who you pretend to be. Nice, you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. And so I want to have the type of integrity behind yeah. closed doors. Yeah. When nobody's at home, and that there's absolutely nothing around you. Right. Yeah. And you yeah. know exactly how you are when you're alone. Alone. Right. Exactly. You know how the difficulties of just life in general. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Uh. That that's that would be like. A question I would ask myself right. if I was struggling with addictions or even depression at that like what what type of man do I want to be when mm. nobody's looking right yeah kind of wanted to watch you wanted you to watch that one movie we watched earlier um, because he spoke a lot about character and he said you know reputation is something that others see character is really who you are yeah um, and character to me is the most important important part of who we are because that is who we, we control we control who our character is um, our reputation sometimes that's out of our control yeah we can do whatever we can to um, uphold our reputation but that's honestly an uncontrollable factor when you think about that because you're not in control of what other people think and one of the things that I like to say is we can only control um, our own thoughts and our own actions um, because really that's all we got you know our own decisions and our own um, our own actions are really um, what makes us go or makes us tick so so I, I kind of wanted to speak on 
uh, a little bit more on addiction on kind of who may be struggling and um, who might be uh, most affected um, by this um, and I'm currently taking a class I'm finishing my master's and we kind of talked a little bit about the opioid crisis and it made me think you know that's oh. a really big thing that um, we're struggling here in America um, you know you hear about the opioid crisis all the time um, and I had I have a little a little bit of facts here about 130 Americans die every day from opioids um, and really yeah so I mean that's something that can be preventable you know that's something that um, is an addiction that um, someone has maybe taken too far or maybe you know it's accidental and you know fentanyl is kind of it is a big problem right now um, but we talked about kind of the professions that may be affected the most in this um, opioid crisis um, could you, you want to kind of take a guess on which is the most affected I would say uh, numbers maybe finance finance is one um, but it's a lot of the blue collar jobs like construction um, or anything that in, in, really? in requires hard labor yeah um, because um, a lot of times they're having to work through that pain or they have they have a quota that they have to meet like sales they have a quota that they have to meet so they can't miss work that or constructions have a um, day count for how many days since it's been since no accidents and you get incentives and bonus for that so if you report an accident or you you miss work because um, you're in pain um, you're like I can't miss work so you kind of just work through the pain and you get prescribed yeah. these opioids to help you and then you get accidentally um, addicted and so I have um, here some t statistics here that 20 percent uh, there's between 2011 and 2015 um, people employed in construction or any other hard labor job made up 20 per 26% of all opioid deaths between this time. Really? Yes, 26% of uh, these, a fourth. Yeah, these ac accidental deaths. And um, about 15% um, right now, around 15% of construction workers may deal or hard labor deal with substance abuse. Um, and that's a pretty big number because... Um, if you think about it, out of all the other professions, um, these guys who are out here um, busting their tail or yeah. um, not only dealing with um, substance abuse, but often in times with anxiety and depression because uh, physical labor is very demanding. And a lot of times these guys are have a lot of families depending on them. And when the whole weight is on your shoulders, I mean, uh, we grew up with men that worked hard three four yeah, jobs hard jobs i know i don't mean i know my dad was a hard worker your yeah. dad is a hard worker and yeah. i saw the you know the the struggle and the pain um that they went through so yeah my my heart goes out to him and i kind of had some resources here um for someone who may find themselves in a little bit of a pickle and um can recognize that they might be going through something and that was if you're working your company maybe maybe has these or should have these yeah um is an eap which is an employment assistant program or an map which is a member assistant program um and i know whenever i worked in corporate america we had an eap yeah um where you could you know reach out or call for someone for help uh or 
um, talk to your HR. I mean, there's a lot of resources out there. Yeah. Um, or hopefully there are um, for these people to kind of reach out or um, get some some sort some, of help that yeah. can maybe be beneficial um, to them. So I just wanted to plug that in that um, if you didn't know, um, there are some ways to kind of help that that situation. Yeah. Obviously, there's not always because um, construction workers may work under just contract and some right. sort and don't have health insurance or you know whatever it may be but the if you obstacles do have, of life right yeah but yeah. if you do have these resources please use them um as much as you can so yeah yeah and that's that's awesome man i'm glad that you actually you know took the time out of your day to look that up and, oh, yeah um and again like i said we're we're here to help and yeah you know, um really just put an end um to people that are hurting um yeah because have you ever heard that hurt people hurt people? Yeah. You know, yeah. like if I'm going through something, I might actually say something or do something to somebody else that really yeah. didn't deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely re- like a retaliation. Well, uh, just to switch gears real quick, um, want to dive into depression really. Okay. Um, and what that really looks like, um, especially for our young men uh, ages mm-hmm. from 23 to 26 27 um fresh out of college and they don't really get the hot hand job like they thought they would or mm-hmm. yeah. have a hard time you know settling in um what would you what would you say to a young impressionable man straight out um fresh out of college yeah ah uh, man so i know when i graduated college um, it was tough. I had, I had a, I'm very, I'm very ambitious person and I had a lot of, um, high hopes, I guess, but I came out of, uh, undergrad, graduated with a bachelor degree, just like everyone said you should, um, you know, get your bachelor degree so you can get the, get the paying job that you deserve. Uh, but nobody told me you need five to 10 years of experience coming out of, <laughs> <laughs> out of college to get these jobs but you know I just I applied to a ton of jobs before I landed landed the gig that I did but during that time I kind of went through man am I not good enough am I not worthy enough so I had to do a lot of uh self-reflection because I'm what some people would say my biggest critic and I really am and I I'm not kind to myself. So I would say have a lot of grace on yourself Mm. Um, because that's sometimes some things that we don't do. We don't have a lot of grace on ourselves. And I'm someone who has so much grace for other people. I look for the good in everybody, but I, for some reason, cannot have that same grace on myself. So it's something that I've been working on, um, not just recently, but since my adolescent years where... Um, I've had to learn to be kinder myself. So be kind to yourself. Yeah. Um, we're only human. Um, we're all working through life. Um, we're all um, putting on our shoes the same way, putting on our pants the same way, mm. um, one one leg at a time. And so just take it day by day. Take deep breaths. Um, obviously, you know, depression is something that um, is no joke. So if you're really struggling, um, we definitely... I would advise get some professional help or talk to someone that can really help you through that. Yeah. Um, but it's something minor where you're just kind of 
kind of bummed out with life right now because it's not really going your way. Um, you know, just take it day by day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could that be something like out of loved or feeling inadequate through love? Maybe you're saying like they would feel that way because they're not, they don't feel a certain type of love. Yeah. 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 Or they, they feel like they have a hard time being accepted uh, with their peer group or anything like that. Um, and so they, they have this tendency to shut people out and just put themselves behind closed doors and say, I don't want to deal with anybody outside because I feel more comfortable in this state. Um, and then just end up going down a rabbit hole and becoming more and more depressed. Mm, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I would say yes, because, um, I'd, I found myself there at some points where I kind of just shut everybody out of my life and kind of just wanted to, um, I don't know, not be sad, but just be in this, uh, feeling of, Mm. of maybe having a pity party for myself. I guess it would be the best yeah. way to kind of describe it. And, um, you know, thinking that nobody really cared and just kind of being really down on myself. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, I do feel that way. Um, but again, um, that's something that if you're really down and you can't really pick yourself back up, that's something that you definitely, um, I would advise, talk to a professional that could really, um, get you the help that you need, obviously, but um, there are some things that you could do for yourself, like go outside, <laughs> yeah. feel the sun on your skin, um, take deep breaths, uh, meditate a little bit, you know, or if you're, um, you know, religious, get into the word and really word. Um, yeah. talk to talk to God or, you know, find yourself a group that can really lift you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bring all that up because I heard some, uh, this comedian, Chris Rock. Oh, okay. Um, and so he got on depression and he got on a, a mm. type of love. Yeah. Um, and he said this quote and it stuck with me so much. Mm. He goes, he ta- he's talking about unconditional love. Oh, okay. And he's all like, there's only three things that are unconditionally loved. That's women, that's children, and that's dogs. Wow. Yeah. And then he says, or he goes on to say, um, men are only loved under the condition that they provide wow or they do something to give back to right, yeah. society right yeah and it got me thinking and i'm all like am i really that obsolete as a man if i don't provide something to this world right, or provide yeah. for you know a family or you know build a fortune 500 company right uh you know am i is my name not going to be written down somewhere or right. like wow like i made a change yeah um and so it really made me think um like purpose and self-worth and these characteristics that that i hold like right. really high right yeah really don't mean anything to society or mm. somebody of the outside world because it doesn't bring a tangible number or wow. or something yeah. to increase value. And I find myself, you know, looking down upon myself. Wow, like, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? In, yeah. in a state of depression. Right, yeah. Um, now I'm not clinically depressed. Um, right, But yeah. in the sense of like, well, dang, that kind of sucks. And yeah. then I go through a month or two months of a funk, mm. you know? Yeah. Of just yeah. watching TV or or escaping through 
uh, music or trying to, you know, now the big thing now is like video games. I never played video games, but (laughs) if I did have like a console, right. Yeah. You know, that would probably be one, uh, another vice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. um, And now that I say that, you know, it was, mine was drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so that makes sense. Um, But those are, those are the type of things that, that I think about when, when depression like comes up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, what type of value or what type of purpose do I actually have mm. that's going to be set up on a pedestal or right, yeah. how can I give back to somebody? Right. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. No. And, and that's, that's powerful, man. Cause I, I feel like maybe a lot of men out here do feel the same way. They feel inadequate or they feel like they're only as good as what they can give. Um, and that shouldn't really be how you know, how men view themselves, but it is because that's society has made that a norm that, um, a man, uh, has to be the bread earner has to be the one out there. Um, and obviously we're in, you know, 2021 or I'm sorry, we're not in 2021 no more. (laughs) 22. Catch up. (laughs) We're in 2022 and, um, we've progressed a lot, um, with these, uh, social norms that we had in the, um, you know, a couple of decades ago or even a decade ago. Um, but I would say that, yeah, and that's, that's the reason that I want to have these uncomfortable talks because I want men to be able to rally behind each other and say, Hey man, you're enough. You are enough. You're, um, you're valued whether you can provide for a family or not, or whether you think you can provide for a family or not. Um, because, um, if, a woman's not going to tell you or your preference of who you like is not going to tell you that, you know, we should have each other's back. Yeah. Most um, definitely. And I, I guess that's my, my two cents on that is why I feel like, you know, we should be more of a team on this yeah. and not be such a doggy dog world and kind of always being the aggressor <laughs> towards each other. Because yeah. I mean, it's our competitive nature. I'm, you know, one of the most competitive um, guys out here, mm-hmm. but you know, I really want to have this peace and love mindset where we can really come together and have this discussion and set our pride down. Yeah, you you said it. You said it just just a while ago. Uh, you are enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and that's the type of like love language wow. that some yeah. people need, like words of affirmation. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. It, it's it's one of those things to where you need to hear it uh, from. Maybe maybe it's from somebody from the outside. Maybe mm. not from your family or something right, that you hear twenty four seven. Yeah. Um. But maybe like stranger on the street. You never know. <laughs> it was like, right. Hey, yeah. You're enough today, baby. Oh yeah. A kind word, um, a simple text can go a long way. Um, to someone that maybe be dealing with these types of uh, self doubt or um, self confidence um, issues like this. But you, you're speaking to love languages. Um, why don't we talk about that for a little bit? What what would you say your love language is? Uh, since since you say that, it it, <laughs> it really is uh, words of affirmation. So that's your number one. What's your number two? Um, man, if I had to put a label on it, um, well, let's, let's so speak. Yeah, speak to the love languages. What what love languages are they? We have uh, words of affirmation. We have gifts. We have acts of service. We have uh, quality time. And we have uh, touch. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so all five. Um, I think 
I would probably be like a tie between quality time and acts of service. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So spend time with me. Like when you're in the same room. Right. Right. Like be, be in the same room with me. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so for quality or for, you said quality time. So does that mean you want them interacting with you or you just want them kind of near you? I guess that's that's two different types um, because mm-hmm. I know people like they don't want to talk to you, but they just want you in the same room. Right. Yeah. Nah, brother. I, be interactive with me. <laughs> <laughs> like we're going to do something. Let's right. do something. Okay. Um, and that could be that could be anything, you know, board games in the, in the house when it's raining outside, kind of like today mm-hmm. or going to, you know, snowboard or ski or go do something like an activity together. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. Interactive. Um. I said this on our last podcast and the phones have ruined our generation mm. in, in a way. Um, and they're a great tool, mm. but there's a time and a place, put them away. Especially, right, yeah. especially when, when somebody like wants quality time. Right. Yeah. That, that would be, that would be something that, that I would say that my love language is. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Um, what's yours? What's yours? So mine, I think the first one is a uh, physical touch. Um, and, um, I think that is something that I really like. Um, and actually, no, as I'm getting older, I think words of affirmation are kind of, um, maybe overcoming my, uh, first love language. So obviously words of affirmation would be my second one. Um, and that's, you know, just, you know, tell me I look good and slap my butt, you know, physical touch, they go hand in hand with words of affirmation. So <laughs> I, you know, so, um, yeah, those, those are mine, but who's ever out there listening, let us know what your, what your love language is that, yeah. um, you know, resonates with you the best. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Every relationship starts with love. Oh, um, for and sure. I, and I've said this time and time and again, relationships are the greatest wealth. Mm, yeah. Uh, and if we don't have community, if we don't have the people around us to pick us up when we're down, and first of all, you need love to do that. Mm, yeah. You, know, you you need to have some type of love, even even to care for somebody like that. Yeah. Um, that I would I would have to say that that that's that's an important characteristic that somebody needs to have. Yeah, for sure. Because relationships take a lot of work. Um, not just, uh, you know, uh, intimate relationships, but relationships with friends, family, whomever, um, because it takes a lot of compromise. And like you said, a lot of love too, um, because we're only human. Um, we're definitely going to make mistakes along the way. And so it definitely takes a lot of grace, um, to, and a lot of work, um, from both sides. Um, it's not always, you know, it's not a one way street. It's definitely two-way street where both sides have to have to work to make the relationship work um for sure yeah yeah i'm I'm glad you said that too um because when you're talking about relationships in general um i use this term um being equally yoked uh, okay you know you have to be running the same race at the same time at the same speed mm, yeah um because if anything is off and it could be you know specific timing or yeah we could be running different races. You could be going in one direction. I could be going in another. Right. And you just drift apart. Right. Um, yeah. So when we talk about relationships, you know, especially with the, uh, depression and addiction, counseling is also something that we should talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like sure. marriage counseling. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, no, yeah, marriage counseling is something that, um, especially if you're kind of dealing with that, you feel like you're kind of going in opposite directions. It's something that can definitely um, have a uh, mediator there for those difficult conversations because yeah. <laughs> oftentimes, you know, it's hard to um, go in the state of, no, I'm right, no, I'm right, kind of. It, it's it, You never get anywhere um, when those conversations are happening. Um, you can mm-hmm. have that, uh, was it Switzerland? Who's always kind of in the middle, in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And th- that's kind of how I, um, picture, um, marriage counseling in which, um, it's something that, um, I've been going to, and it's really helped a lot. You know, it's really helped, um, shape and it made us better parents. If that, um, if anything else, um, mm-hmm. because we're able to really communicate um, better for our children. And I think that is the biggest key Yeah, um, is communication Yeah, as far as that goes. So I want to speak to the fact that just going to therapy in general is, um, especially if you're kind of on the fence. I've actually never been to therapy until um, last year and I started going for my anxiety. Mm. Um, and I went for my anxiety because... I wanted to combat this anxiety um, in a natural way, um, in a way that didn't involve medicine um, or some sort oh, wow. of some sort of you know mechanism that you know just suppressed my anxiety. I really wanted to um, get the brain tools or get the tools that I could um, really work through this anxiety. Um, and so I started going, and man, the, the amount of stuff that I've learned through the couple months that I've gone or it's actually been more than a couple months it's been about six months yeah um that I've gone it's really really helped tremendously and changed the way I think um about whenever I have these anxious thoughts and I didn't think that I had anxiety um until it started getting to a point where I was like okay yeah I definitely have anxiety um because it's starting to affect my day-to-day my daily routine Mm -hmm. um and I think sometimes it has to get to that point where you're like, I can't bear this anymore. I, I definitely need help till someone is able to recognize that they may need help. Um, but I'm here to say that um, it is something that is there for you to use and for you to be able to um, come out on top. And it may not take six months. It may not take a year to kind of help. Um, but if you're anything like me that doesn't really want to suppress because I mean, and I'm not, you know, I'm no way, uh, against taking medication for those, um, anxiety and depression kind of thing. But that was just my preference. I kind of wanted to combat this, um, and learn, um, from the experience of, uh, of what I was going through, um, in that time. So yeah, that's, that's my two cents on that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, I think as far as anxiety goes for myself, um, I kind of developed like, like, like panic almost. Ah, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that was really out of fear. Ah, okay. Um, and I, I have this quote here and I, I believe it's Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it goes like, what's your deepest fear? You know, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Wow. It, yeah. And it's all like, wow. Like, there's so much that I could do that I'm feeling overwhelmed and overstimulated 
Mm. And so that brings in anxiety to my life. Yeah. You yeah. know, and yeah. I start to panic. I'm like, oh, I could do this or I could do that or I could do this. And I'm hit from all different angles. Right. Yeah. Instead of focusing on one job or one task at right, hand. Yeah. Like I'm really being overstimulated at right, times. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, death overstimulation, I think, is something that um, a lot of people are struggling with um, or you know, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I just want to say that technology really um, doesn't help with overstimulation because we're often being stimulated. Unless we're putting down the devices, you know, we are definitely <laughs> being overstimulated. Yeah. Um, it's a kind of a constant. Um, but no, I want to speak to, you said you were in a panic because I, uh, you know, for a minute there struggled with panic attacks because my anxiety got so bad yeah. um, that my heart rate would get to a point where I'm like... Am I having a heart attack at 26? Like, or I'm sorry, 27? Like, yeah. this is not, this is not good. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you look 26, brother. <laughs> Sometimes I forget my age. Yeah. No, but you know, and so I would, you know, during this time, it wasn't, you know, I'm laughing now, but it wasn't funny then. I really was freaking out, and so I remember the time that I had the panic attack. I was about to fall asleep, um, and I just felt my heart start racing and I freaked out a little bit and I was like, all right, calm down. Um, but it kept going and I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was about to pass out. Mm-hmm. And I remember just running outside and it was a cold brisk night. And I remember just, um, running outside to get some fresh air. Um, and that cold, uh, f- you know, brisk air hit my lungs and I took a deep breath and kind of hit my body and kind of just shocked my senses. Yeah. Um, and I was able to kind of snap out of it. Well, you know, I'm going to anxiety therapy and um, I kind of explained this and um, they told me that this was really a powerful tool for someone who um, can experience panic attacks is, you know, shocking your senses and saying, hey, you're okay. You're kind of just getting worked up, you know, so, you know, putting your hands in cold water or focusing on things that you can feel kind of just removing your brain from this anxious state to help it kind of come back down to reality is a tool that, you know, really works for someone who's kind of trying to do this without do it naturally and not yeah. take the, the medication that could help as well. But, um, yeah, that's something that really helped me during that time. And I don't have them anymore, but when I did, uh, that's something that I used, um, at my discretion to, to kind of help me through that. Yeah, that's awesome advice, dude. Because uh, when when you first told me that story, I I, I didn't I didn't really know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. All I, all I could really do was all right, breathe, take right, your time, yeah. you're okay, kind of type thing. And this would be like at two o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah, you know, and yeah. in the middle of the night, and you know, I I lost sleep. You know, yeah. just having these anxiety panic attacks that yeah. really just hurt hurt the gains in a, in a way <laughs> you know what i mean sure yes because yes. it, it it was it was like a revolution of um of a sleep habit that was being interrupted mm, you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like i would always wake up at like two o'clock two thirty in the morning and feel like oh, like why am i up again right yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. then i wouldn't go back to sleep until four o'clock wow. and i'd be dog tired for the next yeah. day yeah and so it was it was just really how to really deal with it. Um, and so when you, 
when you told me that, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna have to try that next time. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it definitely helped me out. So, um, I'm glad to already hear that I influenced someone to kind of maybe try it out. <laughs> <if> they, <laughs> yeah, most no, definitely. But, um, but yeah, no, that's that's crazy. So yeah, yeah, and um, you know, as as we talk, um, if you have any questions um, or anything like that, first of all, we just want to say, you know seek professional help because like i said a little disclaimer um we don't have degrees in psychology uh sociology yeah Um, we're not licensed professionals at all by no means right right we can only speak from our experiences and so that's what we've been doing um and then we get in community and sure enough our community has been ourselves me and gabe we there's been times where you know we text each other late night Right. You yeah. Know, and for some odd reason, we're always up during that time. So <laughs> no, for sure. Fate wants us to, to be in contact. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely reach out to your people. You know, if you have any doubt or any um, worry about them, uh, like I said, a kind text or just a small reach out will definitely go a long way. Um, but yeah, just that little disclaimer. But I, I kind of wanted to speak a little bit more about therapy and our culture. Um, and how maybe our culture might react to or kind of be seen in our culture. Is that something that you've ever thought of or maybe that's why you've never... um, Attended therapy? Yeah, or gone or thought about going. Is that something that maybe has influenced you? I'm going to be honest, yes. (laughs) And I want to say it like this. Um, I've heard... And I won't, I won't put anybody's name on it, but family members have said, why, why should I go pay for something like that when I got you guys? Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really that I tell them and then they just, they, they dog on me. Or right. like, ah, you should be dealing with that. You know? Right. Yeah. There's yeah. no sensitivity with it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it makes somebody want to shut down and not mm. talk about their real yeah. issues or their problems. Right. Um, yeah. And especially being in a Hispanic culture. Anybody can get it at any given time. <laughs> no, one hundred percent. You walk into the house and you look a little funny. You're getting roasted. Free game. Anybody's <laughs> free game. And you know it's crazy. It's all out of love too, though. Oh, it's one hundred percent out of love. Yeah, like it, it's almost like an oxymoron. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. If they're not making funny, they don't like you, and it's just like oh, okay. Shouldn't it be the other way around? <laughs> don't yeah, make fun yeah. of me. <laughs> and and I mean there there is a happy medium too, um, because yeah, sometimes like especially during the holidays you can go overboard um you know with you know a, a simple joke and of course it could yes. be like oh you're going back for seconds and it'd be somebody that's been tr- maybe really working yeah, hard on their struggling on, through, on their weight or something like that. that yeah and they've been working out for like six seven months and one little thing can set them off and then they're down for the rest of the night or yep. just and then and then you get roasted on well why are you so quiet yeah you yeah. know what i mean yeah. So definitely th- a little bit. There's times they can definitely be a little toxic. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. put a label on it. Yeah, and so to answer your question, yes, the influence of not going to counseling has definitely came from an inner circle, I would say. Okay, yeah. So, and the reason I ask is because I find it that um, having this these difficult discussions or asking these difficult questions um can further promote maybe more of people who look like us to kind of seek that professional help Mm -hmm. um because often um our own 
culture is very prideful, um, like we talked about, and that can really hinder someone from going and seeking professional help. Yeah. Um, even if they really need it. Yeah. Um, whether it be substance abuse, addiction, um, depression, anxiety, um, like I said, pride is something that really affects affects being able to seek that professional help. And we've been t- talking about go seek professional help, but how are we going to make our stubborn um, <laughs> culture yeah. go get that whenever? Yeah. You know, so I, you know, that's why I kind of want to ask that difficult question is, yeah. okay, hey, I mean. Where's the root of that, yeah, that problem? Yeah. You know, yeah. is it at home or is yeah. it like uh, an immediate family or right. is it like your cousins? Uh, like, yeah. yeah. Was that a, was that a taught characteristic that we may have that we don't need that help we'll get through it and i speak to that because of the kind of that machismo is like hey get up yeah go ahead (laughs) (laughs) you know uh you're hurt get up wipe yourself off rub some dirt on it keep moving we don't have time to be sad let's let's go you you took the words right (laughs) out of my mouth that's exactly what i thought it's it's like a sense of machismo yeah Uh, and and for somebody that doesn't know it's just like you know, pride, macho man. Yeah, macho man. Pride. Pride. You, you never, you don't show any signs of weakness, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we want to take initiative, uh, and this is one of the ways that we can start doing it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent is putting ourselves out there and having these difficult discussions because um, someone has to have them, right? Because um, we want to definitely grow, and how do you grow? Um, you get uncomfortable. Um, so, um, if you're always in that comfort zone, you're never really going to grow. So, yeah, no, I, I kind of wanted to say something else bef- before we wrapped out, um, or I'm sorry, wrapped up on, on where this episode, um, on mental health, but I just wanted to talk about, um, the Ukraine and I just wanted to say prayers up to Ukraine and kind of mention them in this episode, because I know a lot of people are dealing with life changing uh, life-altering events, you know, those people that are having to seek um, shelter outside and, yeah. um, you know, just the the whole thing is just messed up. And I know um, they need a lot of prayers and a lot of support um, from afar. Obviously, there's not a whole lot we can do um, here at home, um, you know, but my heart goes out to them. And, you know, I will definitely keep Ukraine and all the people of Ukraine in my prayers. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, And I'll leave you with this. Uh, Your crown is ready for you as soon as you find the courage to wear it. Yeah, and I I just wanted to say thank you all for tuning in and um, joining us in these difficult conversations, um, like I said, moving forward. And I just want to leave you all with this. If you didn't hear it, let me tell you now, you are enough. King's Initiative Podcast was created and produced by Gabriel Morales and Skylar Rodriguez. Peace and love, Kings. Catch you on the next episode of Kings Initiative.